ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Andy. Alan Myers, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for spending some time with us here at ATV Talk. Um, I'm not super familiar with you. I have seen some photos and some posting. Uh, I know you've been racing for a few years. Um, I also know that you do training schools. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been super busy the past, I'd say two, three weeks. I've had a school, if not every day, every other day. So pretty happy with that. You know, I've been keeping really busy and having a lot of fun with it too. If you don't mind me asking, because so many people all across the, the country and, 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 and are out of the country listeners don't have access to some of the schools or don't have access to um, things like that. What is a school like that? What, what do you focus on most? Um, it really depends on the rider a lot. Um, I kind of so how my like how my school work is usually I'll, I'll let them go out and ride couple laps and I kind of notice their strengths and weaknesses. And, um, you know, I, I hit their uh, weaknesses first and, you know, try to build from there. And so, I mean, it it could be whether they're having problems in the whoops or whether they're having problems on the jumps or in the turns, you just pick a specific area and start working what you feel is their deficiency. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so most of the time, like, corners is the biggest place where you can pick up time. So that's really where I put my main focus in in my schools is the, is the corners. Cause you know, you win the race on the ground and, um, I'm not, I don't really like teaching people how to jump so much just because I feel like that's kind of, you know, their own boundaries that they have to work with, but you know, I'll, I'll help them and, but I won't push them to, you know, hit big jumps, you know, that I'm worried about them not making or anything like that. But, Yeah. So corners are usually the main focus and then, you know, charging into corners, leaning off the bike and, uh, things like that. And I'd say the next important thing would be like scrubbing jumps and dragging brakes on the face of jumps and things like that. 
That's awesome. So a lot of timing stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Years and years of quad racing teach you specific tasks. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, I got to say, like, I've learned a lot myself too, you know, um, just going out there and doing it every day. You don't really, you don't really notice the things that you do, you know, like when I'm sitting here talking to the riders and telling them what to do, then I'm like, Oh, so like, you know, now I really realize everything that goes into it and what I do right. know, as far as, you know, like body positioning and how I corner and how I jump and, you know, it just makes me kind of notice everything and kind of helps me work on stuff myself. Body position where your, where your hands are on the bars, where your feet are. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's an amazing science to teaching riding and learning how to ride also. Yeah. I've always been a better mechanic than a rider. So I love watching the talent on the machine. Uh, not as much as I love building it, but I still like to watch them go through the motions because yeah. one of the most gratifying things is when you roll that machine out there and a young man throws his leg over your machine and goes out and does things that you never thought that machine could do. Yeah. Yeah. We get a, so here at Deckers, we get a lot of dirt bikers and stuff too. And, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, they'll come up to us and be like, wow, you know, I never knew quads can do that. I never knew they could do this. You know, and we're like, yeah, you know, we can pretty much do anything you can. Exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of cool to kind of see it from that view. So you've been in the pro class for three years now. Yep. This would have been my third year. Excellent. Would have been or is? It would have been, I, uh, I decided to take this year off. So what, uh, what happened? Um, so basically, uh, I just kind of got my funding cut pretty abruptly. You know, I wasn't prepared for it and, uh, I really tried super hard to make it work and, uh, things started looking really good. You know, I started making some phone calls and I got a lot of stuff together and a lot of funds together. And, um, it just got hard to kind of keep up with everything, you know, keeping up on the bike. And, uh, I, I felt like it started like affecting my training and my riding. And I just, I wasn't all there as far as my riding. And, you know, I, I didn't like that. I'm kind of the type of person to do it a hundred percent or don't do it at all. So I felt like taking a year off, getting my funds together. And, you know, this way I wouldn't have that weight on my shoulders anymore. And I can just go out there and train and ride and put my hundred percent in. Do you think, uh, taking a, uh, year back and watching your competitors uh, is going to help your growth? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, for example, uh, Chad was out here just a few days before, uh, Daytona and, uh, just watching him, you know, my bike was down, so I couldn't, I wasn't out there riding with him, but just watching him, uh, through the rollers and how he handles the rough stuff. I felt like you know, I learned so much just from watching him. And I feel like I'll, I'll probably carry that on throughout the season, you know, just watching the pro races and, and seeing what the guys are doing to go faster and how to make passes and things like that. Do you, have you developed all your skills on your own by yourself of, for instance, your riding skills, or were you going to, um, trainers and, uh, having time, spending time with other skilled guys. Um, so yeah, I, 
I did uh, training schools a lot when I was younger. Um, mostly with like Dustin Wimmer, stuff like that. And, um, you know, just like little weekend or day training things that he would have. And, uh, he was kind of like, he was my idol, you know, he was a big role in, you know, me wanting to pursue this. And then, uh, when I turned 14, I came down to, uh, Tennessee to train with, uh, the nine, six, nine team. And, you know, we kind of just took off from there and started training, you know, pretty consistently. And eventually I moved down there and, uh, you know, that's where I live today. Um, but yeah, so we trained with nine, six, nine, me, Logan Stanfield and Zach Decker were all on the team. And that was pretty much our lives. Just wake up, work out, ride and go to sleep. But uh, so. did they make a change in their program? Um, they, they didn't necessarily make a change. Um, after my 2019 season, I decided that it was best for me to kind of split away and do my own thing. And, um, I got a really good gig with, uh, the E racing team and I got to help train all the kids and, you know, work with them pretty closely. And I felt like it really boosted my, uh, my riding and my, um, you know, mental state really. I started having a lot more fun with it. Hey, you know what? There's not a lot of people making money doing this. So having yeah. fun with it is, is a key. Um, yeah. Do you think that your overall package is going to, to gain and, and give your 2022 year, uh, an upsweep? Yeah, I really do think so. Um, so it's not like I'm just, you know, stepping off the quad and, you know, I'll come back to it next year. Uh, you know, I'm still riding, I'm still training every day. You know, I'm still uh, pretty much acting like I'm going to race, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm not riding quite as much, you know, I'm a lot easier on my bike right now just to kind of keep it going and not really, you know, if it breaks, it'll sit in a trailer for a little bit until I can afford to fix it. And, you know, I have no stress on me that way. And I got a really good gig going here at the Decker training facility, you know, with my training schools and I get to, uh, work with Zach Decker and help him out a ton. So, you know, I, I pretty much got the dream job right now. I'm incredibly grateful for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you normally, when you're not at Decker, you're in Florida. I mean, uh, Tennessee. Yep. Tennessee. Yeah. So, yeah. So my parents moved there in 2018 or 19, moved down there, bought a campground. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, we have our own little whole pad. We got like a block. You know, we got my sister's house, my parents' house, eventually my house. So that's awesome. We got a little, yeah. We got a little compound in Tennessee. No, you got to love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. We're a, uh, we're a pretty close family too. So it's nice. Mom and dad spend much time with your racing program. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the backbone behind it all. And, you know, they support me in 110%. And, you know, I can't be, I'm, I'm just so grateful for them. You know, everything they do for me and everything they sacrifice for me. <laughs> Let's go back in time a little bit. Usually I do this in the start when I'm asking questions, but mm. how did you actually get started in ATVs? Um, so my dad has always been into, you know, just going fast and doing things like that with drag cars and boats and things like that. And the, uh, 
uh, one day he kind of just showed up with, uh, some quads. We always had like little electric quads, you know, running around the house, but he got some quads and we started trail riding. And, uh, my aunt actually was like business owners in a business down on the beach. And they had a motocross event. They had a car show, monster truck rides. And, um, eventually my parents bought everybody out and, uh, they took it over. So the only racing I was doing was their race on the beach. And it was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, we would get, you know, 1200, 1500 riders a weekend there. It would be a, we'd have two events there a year. And yeah, it was just a, it was a really good time. That was definitely a, you know, the back in the day stories for sure. And, and, and I apologize. I didn't hear where was that at? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Wildwood, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. How that you said it was on the beach in, in, and they allowed this. Yeah. So like we had to get like permits and we had to get the fire department and the police and everybody out there. But yeah, it was, it was in between, uh, uh, Maurice piers was in between the two. And, uh, it was a really big track. You know, we had all dirt bike squads, side by sides, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a huge event. It was a big Red Bull event. Actually, we got a big, uh, plaque hanging on the wall that it was, I forget what year it was, but it was the fifth largest race in the country that year. That's so, so really awesome. Yeah. Because anything near water or anything that's really cool where you can get people to usually the, the government entities just put, put a stamp on it. They know you can't do that. Yeah. Well, they were like really strict on us as far as like, you know, people changing oil and trash and all that. So they were really strict and we had to really keep up on that. But, you know, I mean, they, we brought a ton of income to that town for those weekends. So, you know, they just loved it. Right. Right. You got somebody, you got somebody in the the room there with you. Uh, yeah. Can you hear him? Yep. Hey, Logan. Logan. Can you call it? Will it work from there? Yeah. Oh. Sorry about that. It's okay. My, my daughter's a good editor, and she'll she'll fix it all up. Yeah. I had to I had to use uh, Logan's Wi-Fi, so I guess he said it'll work over to my camper. So I'll try that one sec. Sorry. No problem. Take your time. Hopefully it'll still work. That was Logan Stanfield. Yep. I just spoke to him a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, we were all hanging out when, when he was getting ready to go do it. But let me turn some lights on. That's perfect. Go. Yeah. yeah. It's working. It, it, it's clear. It's no disruptions. We're good. Sweet. We're good. All right. Um, so we were talking about the race in New Jersey and all the hoops that you had to jump through to make that happen. Um, did it shut down because your mom and dad wanted to move or did it shut down because this, this city government didn't like it anymore? Um, a little bit of both, you know, my parents were ready to get out of that town and, you know, the city officials were kind of, you know, honest about it. And 
you know, it's kind of one of those things, all good things must come to an end. And actually once we, uh, sold out of the business, uh, the people that bought it ended up, you know, trying to, you know, do the race again and do the car shows and the monster truck shows and all that. But, uh, I don't think it really ever worked out for them. I'm not really sure. I never really kept up on it, but I know you couldn't get away with anything like that. They used to have in San Diego here, they used to have the the boats come down and race and there's just so many antis. Yeah. It's crazy. The revenue that it's generating for your community is incredible. It's off the charts and and some businesses make enough money to keep them going year the through the year, you know, Mm -hmm. that's their extra, that's their surplus. And, uh, most people just don't understand that. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we were pretty much the, you know, the main events that went on in that town. So I'm sure that kind of had to have hit them hard as far as the town goes. You the hotels, the convenience stores, the everything. Yeah. It, it, they just, they just lose so much. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, uh, so we did the car show too. So, I mean, we'd have, uh, cars lined up from, um, like North Wildwood all the way down to it's called the crest is the very end of the boardwalk. So, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know exactly how many miles I want to say it's maybe two and a half, three miles, but you know, two and a half, three miles of just, you know, show cars. And, you know, you'd go to any hotel and the parking lot are, they're full of, you know, old classic cars. And it was a big deal back then. Oh, I totally get it. I totally get it. I mean, you don't get to do, we don't get to do what we like to do as much because the growth of the population is too much. Yeah. And for every person that wants to do it, there's a person that doesn't want to do it. Yep. You know, and those people that don't want to do it won't understand what it's like until the people that don't want to do what they do step in and go, yeah, well, if I can't do mine, you're not doing yours. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> ATV racing, you know, there's some places that don't let the, that don't let the quads on the track. Um, the Decker facility, uh, tell me a little bit about that place. Yeah. So it's an, it's an amazing training facility. Uh, Jason and Melissa Decker have really went above and beyond on this place. You know, they have the the whole shop, they got a mechanic here. They have a nice gym shower house. Uh, they got two tracks. They got a pro track, intermediate track. And then they got the peewee track, uh, pit bike track, and then they got a woods loop. And I mean, it is just a really nice facility. It's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people come out and ride here. So it's a good time here. Is it family orientated for the recreational uh, user as well as the uh, racer people? Um, So there's like hookups and things like that. But I mean, most of the people that come out here, they're coming out here to ride and like that. But I mean, there's, you know, they got basketball courts and volleyball nets and stuff like that for the kids that aren't out here racing or whatever, but it's a fun family place. What I was meaning is, is for all you racers that travel, I'm sure Mm -hmm. that they're getting, you know, woods guys and motocross guys uh, in an abundance to come out. But the recreational people that just ride on the weekends, do they come out and spend time in the facility as well? Yeah. So the weekends are, are pretty much packed here as far as like the local riders and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They like it a lot. 
And um, I wish they'd come out with something like that here in, in Southern California because we need it bad. Yeah. There's, Glen Helen is the closest thing we have to a track. And sometimes there's pretty stringent on the, on the ATV stuff. Uh, really? I've always wanted to ride out there. It's a, like my dream. You're not missing anything. It's okay. No, <laughs> dude, you're, you're, you're in, you're in kind of heaven right where you're at. Uh, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of cool portions to Glen Helen. It's just not one of my favorite places to go because I haven't had the success or even though it's what our, what would you would consider our home track? I just, mm. I've just never enjoyed it. I've had places like Havasu where I've had way more success. You know, really? I used to love to go to Mount Morris. Really? Mount Morris PA? Yeah. Or yeah, that's a good, or that's high point, right? Uh, yeah. 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 That's a good track. I've always liked that. I love, I love that place. When we used to go there, we, we, uh, had uh, really good success. Yeah. We didn't win it uh, very many times in the, in the premier class, but we won it in the open class and we had other, other races that we won. Just, mm-hmm. I think Doug Eichner and I went, uh, we won the premier class, the 250 class and the open class in one weekend. And that, uh, that was pretty exciting pretty good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been a pretty, uh, pretty good race. I'm actually excited that we get to go back there this year. I think that's our, that's our second round, I believe. After the amateurs. Yeah. I believe that's the high point is the the next race after Texas. Are you going to travel with the series and help the riders in, in training and watching them during the races to help them out as well? Yeah. So, uh, my deal with, uh, Decker is I pretty much help him train, help him with his motos and workouts and things like that. And then I drive his rig. I'm going to be driving his rig to all the races, helping him out at the track. And then I got a few kids, uh, from the E racing team that I'll still be helping out with and, you know, kind of coaching them a little bit. That's excellent. That's a, that's a good deal. Keeps you super involved. And yeah. How's he going to feel when you come back and race again, line up against him? Are you, you mean Becker. against like in the, Oh, I mean, he's, he's fast. So, I mean, me and him are usually, uh, pretty much identical on lap times when we moto together. But, uh, here recently, I mean, he really picked up some speed and I've been super stoked on it. Um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, when I get my practice bike all back together when me and him are motoring again, hopefully I'm still, uh, at his pace. <laughs> awesome. How did you learn the, oh, well, I didn't ask this question yet. Your training, your, your, your physical fitness, uh, training routine. Um, do you teach that as well? Um, no, I don't really teach it just because, uh, you know, I'm not really like an expert on training or, you know, my diet or nothing like that. I just kind of, you know, I I do the workouts I like, I eat what I like, you know, I eat healthy, but I wouldn't say like, you know, my diet's definitely not perfect, but, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, just kind of explore different, you know, workouts and routines and stuff like that and found what I like and, you know, right now, um, I got a really good routine and I, I think it's worked amazing. Me, uh, me, Logan Sanfield and Zach Decker have all been kind of on the same routine. And 
I'd say that we're probably all in the best shape that we've ever been. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited about that. Do you think that you're going to hit a race this year? Yeah. So I plan on, uh, I still have my stock bikes. So I plan on hitting a few pro stock races and, uh, you know, seeing what I can do lining them again. I think I'll do good. You know, I've been riding a stock bike a lot here lately. So what's the, uh, what's the rules on the stock stock class? What can you change? What can't you change? Um, wheels, tires, nerf bars, um, you know, bumpers, of course, uh, steering stem, stabilizer, handlebars. Uh, you can get a reflashed ECU for the Yamahas. And I want to say that's, that's about it. You know, no exhaust, anything like that. Uh, I don't know if there's any restrictions on the fuel or not. I just run pump gas in it, but I don't know if you're even allowed to run C12 or not. I'm sure you are, but. What about uh, air? Do you leave the air box stock with the lid on? <clears throat> um, I take the lid off. I don't know if that's legal or not, but you know, I doubt anyone's going to protest me for not having an air box lid. <laughs> is, is, uh, do you run on your modified bike? Do you run the vortex? Yep. So how does the flashed ECU work for you versus putting a vortex on it? Um, honestly, I've never put a, a vortex on my stock bike. Um, I'm sure it's a huge difference, but basically the only reason why we get a reflashed ECU is because when, uh, when this, the Yamaha's come from the showroom, they kind of have like this dead spot when you land you know, you land on the gas and it's do, and Thank you know, you. pretty much, pretty much it's a safety thing. It's not so much a performance thing, really. Okay, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, do you guys run the same uh, stock clutch in them or do you guys upgrade that? Uh, no, I think you have to run the stock clutch. Okay. So I think, I think what most of the guys do is run the, the older style, stock clutch just because the newer style has a tendency to the springs on the back come apart and tear through your motor. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's, that's still legal. And that's what most of the guys do. That's pretty cool. So you're mm -hmm. going to hit a couple of those. What I'm really trying to get out of you is, do you think you're going to end up getting on the pro line? Um, no, probably not this year. You know, the race bikes built, it's fresh. and um you know, I'm already out of the point, so there's no point in, you know, putting time on that thing. I'd rather just, you know, put a blanket over it, put it in the garage and save it for next year. Well, that's, that's one way to look at it. I was yeah. trying, to, trying to get you to, uh, to, to get out on the line and see, see how you're going to match up all that yeah. you're doing and being in great shape. You know, you want to see how it's going to work out. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm confident that, you know, I can do better than I did last year, but, uh, you know, just the circumstances this year, it was just a, kind of a lot of weight on my shoulders. So how'd you end up, how did you end up last year? Uh, so I ended up sixth overall for the season. Uh, I had within the last two rounds, I had, I had one mechanical, one moto, it crashed the next moto. And then, so that was at three palms with the, 
with the two races. And then Sunday I got a fifth. And then at South of the border, I was in fourth place with half a lap to go. My motor grenaded. And then second moto, I was in fifth place. with I want to say two or three laps to go, uh, motor let go over the triple in the middle there. And I wadded up pretty bad, broke my helmet in half and Ouch. wasn't fun. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so, I mean, for the bad luck I had at the end, you know, I'm, I was super stoked to, to get away with a six there. Could you, have, do you think you would have ended up fourth? Um, yeah. So at Lake sugar tree, um, if I didn't have a wreck there, it would have been definitely possible for me to finish fourth. But, um, That's pretty so good. I had a wreck. Yeah. I had a wreck there and, uh, kind of messed me up a little bit and, you know, I couldn't really regroup and actually at South of the border. Uh, so Rodney Tomlin at the banquet, he asked me, he said, you know, we probably all know the the answer to this, but what's your, what was your favorite race of the year? And, uh, he expected me to say Daytona because that's where I podiumed at. Uh, but I said South of the border, even though I got dead last both motos, you know, I felt South of the border. I was, you know, I was on my game. Um, I felt the fastest I've ever felt, you know, I was still kind of hanging in there with the top, the top group and, you know, kind of towards the middle of the moto, I was duking it out with, uh, Jeffrey and Thomas. You know, I actually made one pretty cool pass. I passed, uh, I passed Thomas around the outside of the rollers and passed Jeffrey through the rollers. And it was pretty cool. I think I was up to, or maybe I didn't pass Jeffrey. I got up to fourth around, uh, around Thomas and held him off for a little bit. And then I made a mistake and lost that again. But yeah, I felt like my riding there was definitely the best it's been. That's, and that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, who is your fiercest competitor? Fiercest competitor. Um, I don't really know. Um, obviously Chad and Joel, you know, I don't really get to duke it out with them too often, but, um, you know, those are the guys that I'm, I'm hunting for. I don't, Isn't... <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody that I usually always end up around. Maybe, maybe Nick Danusa or, or Brandon Hogue, you know, we're usually, we usually have a little, you know, battle somewhere in the moto about every time, but you know, I don't really look at it that way. I kind of look at, you know, I was actually talking to uh, Jason Decker the other day. He's like, you know, what do you think when you got to line up against Chad and Chad and Joel? And I was like, dude, if it's last lap and I'm 30 seconds down on Joel, I still, I'll sit there and tell myself that I'm about to win this moto. You know, I just, you know, keep my confidence high and, you know, that's just kind of how my personality is. Well, you could pass this on to Mr. Decker. If he's sitting on the line counting who's going to beat him, he's already lost. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I'm the baddest guy here. Everybody's got to beat me. No one can do it. And yeah, I think I think from the years that I've been involved, one of the biggest problems with riders is looking up and down the starting line. Yep. You know, um, Ken Roxon, if he looked down up and down the starting line and thought, Oh, Eli's going to beat me today. And, uh, you know, so-and-so is going to beat me tomorrow. And, uh, you know, then hang it up, go home. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly how I look at it. 
you know, if you're, if you're shooting for second place, there's no chance you'll ever win, you know? Right. So, I mean, I shoot for my opinion. If your goal is not to win in the pro class, I don't think you belong in the pro class. You know, I, I've never been close to a moto win, but that's still my goal. So. And you have to have goals. You have yep. to raise the bar, get yourself, you know, get yourself in the circle. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been on the podium. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you get there. It matters that you got there. So yeah. that proves that you're meant to be. And actually, uh, so when I get my, my, uh, podium at Daytona coming into Daytona, my goal was to get a podium before the time I pulled off the track, you know, my goal was to win, you know, my goal at our, before I even reached my goal that I had set, I already changed it and bumped it up. Yeah. You know? What place did you get? Third. And how close? Yeah. Um, so Joel and Thomas, uh, had a little tangle up in the last lap. Uh, I'd say they were probably a corner or two ahead of me. And, um, I got around them. I mean, I kind of, I was, I was pretty much given it, but you know, I was right place, right time. And no, you know, that's racing. That's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> you were the guy that got third. Doesn't yep. matter how you got there. You know, I mean, this is the, this is the part to finish first. You must first finish. Yep. Second, you must, you know, you have to, you have to be there. You have to put the time in, you know, and so many people want to discount themselves and discount a, 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 a victory or a, or a podium. You know, I was talking to a young lady, um, Brandy Richards, and she podiumed in the pro-am class, in the men's class. Really, in the works in, on the two wheelers. Okay, these these boys are fast. They're fighting. They're 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 racing for for sponsorship for careers, you know. And she podiumed, and she goes, "That's well, impressive." And she goes, "Well, you know, the one guy got disqualified. Well, that has nothing to do with it. If he wouldn't have broke the rules, you'd have got fourth. Yeah, he cheated. He cheated. But the only reason you get disqualified is if you cheated. So that means he did <laughs> not beat you." Anyways. Yeah. So don't, don't discount your accomplishment because somebody else did something, you know? Yeah. One of the gals in works just podiumed the, the men's pro-am on the ATVs as well. Really? Yeah. That's impressive on Sunday. So yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. I can't wait to, yeah. to, to get her on and talk to her about it because, uh, Actually, she's got an episode dropping on Friday with her dad, um, uh, you know, kind of an update from last year. And uh, then she goes and turns 21 on Saturday or on Friday, uh, wins the women's race on Saturday and then podiums the Pro-Am on Sunday. Yeah, that's a blowout weekend for sure. Oh, (laughs) wish I could have been there to see it. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, mindset. We're, we've talked a little mindset. What do you do to prepare yourself? And I know that riders that you train come in with mental blocks or mental issues. How is the best way that you can teach yourself to get over them? And how do you help your, your riders that you're training? Um, as far as like the riders that I train, you know, like 
uh, I had a kid here the other day. He was, you know, pretty new. He just started out riding. He was, you know, probably mid twenties and, uh, he couldn't really jump. He's afraid to jump. And, uh, I was like, look, you know, you can't half commit, just go up there and do it. And I told him that that's literally how I said it. And I was like, I'll show you how to do it. And don't think about it. Don't take a test run. You know I mean? He obviously rode the track, you know, the jumps and stuff, but I was like, don't take a test run. Don't try it out. Just do it. And, uh, you know, I showed him how to do it, showed him how I did it. And, you know, he, he knocked it right out and, you know, you, it's kind of cool to see like when somebody kind of breaks that barrier, like it's like all this weight is lifted off their shoulders. But as far as me, um, I'm usually a, a pretty like mentally strong person. You know, I don't really have too many blocks. Um, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I wouldn't say I'm cocky, but I'm very confident in myself. That's great. Confidence yeah. is, confidence can be construed as, 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 uh, cocky or arrogant. Um, mm. You know, I look at a guy like Chad and he has the right to be a little arrogant. Mm. Oh yeah. Seven time champion. But I've also seen him turn around and give an autograph or talk to a kid or, or do something that a lot of champions or a lot of guys that, that aren't him won't do. Yeah. And it's okay to stick your chest out a little bit because you are a professional athlete and you've, you've paid your dues. You've earned that right. No. Does that mean that you get to treat anybody bad? No, but that means you should should strut your stuff because nobody else is going to pat you on the back. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, they kind of get the wrong impression from Chad. Yeah. I mean, he's really, he's a nice dude. Um, a lot of people, some, I wouldn't say a lot of people, some people think he's arrogant, but you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is his job. That's, you know, how he feeds his wife and kid, you know, Hey, I, I, uh, I get it because this is how I feed, you know, doing what I do for the company that I work for is exactly the same thing. You know, there's other companies out there that are good companies, Mm. but, but I work for the best. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, no offense guys, no, no disrespect, but that's just how we see it. Um, and and trust me, I'm not taking anything away from those guys. There, there are some very talented people doing some very cool things. Um, but so are we. And uh, yeah, you can't but, you can't undo that. Yeah, but that you know that's how you have to look at it. You know, if if you don't tell yourself you're the best, you'll you'll never be the best. You know, I worked for a guy named Doug Eichner for a number of years. Most of about thirteen, and. Um, we won a lot of races and, uh, we, uh, we had a stretch of bad luck at the beginning of one of the years. We had a, a gas drop issue where the gas didn't dump correctly. And he went from first to 27th, mm. you know? And, um, I just told him, I says, obviously I'm not working hard enough to, to have our program dialed to get you where you need to be. Um, and I think the next race we had something, something come up as well. And, you know, he just says, you're working fine. You just stay focused and keep doing what you're doing. We'll get it by round four. We had the point lead, you know, I mean, we dug ourselves out of the hole 
other people didn't, didn't do what they did. And it's just staying focused and working hard and not losing track and not losing sight of your goals is what we all have to do. And to teach exactly. teaching the youth a, a yep. young like yourself, that's a professional that takes the time out of his life to spend time with a young writer, whether they're, you know, three days younger than you or, or 15 years younger than you, that writer will remember you forever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it too. You know, I remember when I was little and, you know, training with like Dustin Wimmer and, and, you know, people like that, those people were, you know, my idols. I had their pictures plastered all over my wall and, you know, I just couldn't wait for the next time I got to ride with them. And, you know, I mean, even if some of the kids, you know, don't really see it that way, you know, I try to, I kind of try to be that role model that, you know, the role models that I had in my life, really. Well, I I've talked to you and I've talked to a, f- a couple other young gentlemen, you know, Chad's 37, it, you know, no offense, Chad, your days are numbered. Okay. Joel, he's not the youngest guy anymore. He's, he's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a group full of young stallions that are, that are breathing on their uh, breathing down their necks. Um, do you see yourself as one of those guys? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and you know, I know I, I still have a lot of work to do. I don't expect it to be overnight and I don't really want it to be overnight, but you know, I definitely see myself as, you know, a top contender. That's awesome. Where do you see the industry? You know, I don't really know. Um, this year we had some great numbers, probably the best numbers we've had in the past four or five years, I'd say. And, um, Daytona, we had a pretty good turnout. We had a lot of fans, the stands were packed. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we'll see at Texas. Hopefully we get a good turnout at Texas. Texas is a good track. A lot of people, you know, had good things to say about it. So I think we'll have a really good turnout. And, um, you know, I'm hoping with all these people switching the Yamaha and stuff like that, hopefully that'll kind of, you know, open some eyes up to it and be like, Hey, maybe we need to step our game up to compete with these guys, you know, Uh, we'll see. Specifically speaking to other factories. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, I'm, I can't say for certain, but I just have a feeling just from the way things are going that there's going to be another factory come in. I hope so. I'm thinking it's going to be Honda. Yeah. I was having a conversation with one of the other guys and, you know, I think it was Corey Ellis from GBC tires. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, you know, could you imagine if KTM brought back, you know, <laughs> gas, a KTM and a, and a Husky, cause they're all the same anyways. Yeah. And, and you know, branding them and bringing them back, um, in the 450 class, it would be, it would be incredible, you know? Yeah. It would be huge. Just, I think of, even if just one factory came back, I think that would just, you know, blow the whole, you know, industry up again, you know, people would start competing again, you know, as far as companies, companies would start competing with each other again. And that's really what we need. Well, 
you know, like, like us, we're an independent We've been around for almost 50 years and we've always carried a form of the industry on our shoulders. And when the factories came back the last time they kneecapped all of us. Really? Yeah. Cause they didn't carry any of the guys that carried the industry. in there. They didn't mm-hmm. help us. We were carrying the industry and developing it and keeping it groomed for them. And then they just walked right in and, and, you know, took over and left us holding an empty bag. Yeah. You know, so I want them to come back, but I want them to come back in the, in the form of just making another model and let us run, let us do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be big too. You know, that would uh, give a lot of people some hope. Yeah. Right. You know, as much as I'd love to see the big salaries, you know, if we can get you guys racing with it's with full gates, competitive, you know, and everybody making a little bit of money out of the deal, I I think then it's okay. Uh, Yeah. Because when they, when you throw down the big dollars, the independent guys, we're just not set up to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it, if it ever gets to the point where, you know, the pro guys can at least break even, you know, cause right now there's probably, I'd say four guys, there's two guys making decent money. And I'd say there's, you know, four guys that are, you know, maybe making a little bit of money and the rest are just, you know, it's all out of pocket. Well, you need to go back and do a little history in this game because when it started, it was all just because you love to do it. Yeah. No sponsors. There was no help. You know, everybody was out of pocket. Then the Mm -hmm. factories came in for the three wheeler while, and they were there for a little while. And then, you know, through the end of the eighties and into the nineties, all the way into the early 2000s, it was all out of pocket, you know, just because you loved it. And yeah, you know, companies like Duncan and Sparks and Baldwin and, and, um, I'm probably forgetting a few, we carried the load for everybody and, and had riders at, at the races. And, mm. you know, we used to travel back East. Everybody was on the West coast and we would travel back to the East to race. And because there was nothing out here on the West coast, it was all back there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was, a. Uh... Yeah, I did my first national in 2006. So, you know, I got to see a little bit of of the factories and things like that. You know, I was kind of there towards the end of it, really. Yep. Uh, How old were you then? I was six. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were six in 2006. Yeah. Uh, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. Yeah. Crazy. Right. All my yeah. children are older than you. <laughs> That's an, I've been, I've been around a day or two. Um, I mean, if you look over my right shoulder, it's a suspended ATC 70. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was. I can see like part of it. Yeah. yeah. Suspended ATC 70. Uh, my dad had that in the, in the shop when he ran it. And, um, when, when, it, when we moved it, um, we brought it home and he hung it up in the, in the rafters mm-hmm. and I forgot about it. Really? So it hung in the rafters for probably 20 years. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's trying to, he's trying, he's trying to restore a bunch of seventies now. 
Um, it's it, my dad's a, a tinkeritis. He likes <laughs> on everything. Eighty-five years old, and he'd rather be in the shop working than doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's how uh, my dad will probably be when he's that age. He just he works every day. I feel like he just loves work. <laughs> Well, sometimes we work out of necessity, but you know, we're seven days a week out here now because the demand is so high. Mm. You can't, the supply lines are wounded and you can't get enough work done and you can't find people that want to do this. They don't want to be involved in an industry a that maybe not doesn't pay as much, um, but you have to work hard. We have, yeah. to you don't get, there's no taking a break and looking at your phone and, and then walking over and boxing a box or washing a carb and then watch your phone. No, you are on the phone, you're shipping a package, you're talking to somebody about a, uh, a build of some sort, you know, it, it, it's a, you know, you're the guy Yeah, they're on the, uh, at the track, you know, with riders lined up wanting to talk to you. And I'm sure that there's people that just want to ask you questions. And then there's people that are serious that want guidance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I had a, uh, I had a five hour school yesterday and you know, that was, that took a lot out of me just being out there fully geared up out in the sun all day, you know? Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of work and How you know, the way I see it, you're young. Huh? How can you get tired? You're young. <laughs> It's a lot of work toting all that gear around. <laughs> You're young. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, riding, working out and doing that, you know, it gets a lot sometimes on your body, I guess. But, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I like what I do. So I don't really look at it as work. You know, I'm kind of out there having fun. So let me ask you this. You said you had a five hour class. Did you have one rider or did you have multiples? One rider. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Five hours with one guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had breaks and things like that, but yeah, started at 10 and, uh, let's say we, I don't know what time we ended, but it was five hours. It was a long day. <laughs> he was definitely a uh, wore out for sure. And that's, you know, if you get to see minor growth out of that and he takes what you've taught him and just uses a little bit of it, and he develops. I have a young man that I'm trying to help and he's too fast for his knowledge level. Really? Yeah. And I just like, guys, he wants to, he wants to jump into the A class and my lap times are that. And I go, I get your lap times are that good, but your knowledge of what you're doing isn't there yet. Yeah. What you're going to do, go bang bars with a fast guy and you're going to wake up sitting on your butt in the rocks going, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually me in 2018. You know, I was just, I was too fast for myself really. You know, I either, I either won or wrecked and got dead last. And that year I broke, broke my back and I tore my rotator cuff and I was just, you know, I was a wild man. So the next year was my, my pro debut. And, you know, I took a few steps back, a few steps back and I knew I was a lot slower coming into it, but I kind of meant for me to be just so I kind of didn't get ahead of myself and didn't ride over my head anymore. And I think that really helped me out a lot in the long run. Yeah. 
it's slower is faster. Mm-hmm. You know, conserve the energy, go fast where you need to. Have you done any woods racing? Uh, I have not. I've been to a few just to watch and I've messed around in there. The uh, woods up here at Decker training facility, but I've not actually raced one. I'm, I was hoping to get to, to some this year. Um, maybe towards the end of the year when my schedule kind of eases up a little bit, I'll be able to hit one, one or two. Are you going to do a local one or do you think you'd ever go race in the pro class at a GNCC? Um, I'll probably race like the A class or pro am class for my first one. Just cause you know, I have no idea what their speeds are like or anything like that. I feel like I'm pretty quick to the woods, but you know, I have no idea if I am or not compared to those guys. Uh, doesn't some of the the woods guys come down there and train with you guys? Uh, there's a few, but you know, whenever they're out there riding the woods, I, you know, I never watch them or ride with them. I'm always on the MX track. <laughs> Go try it out, man. Those guys, yeah. those guys are serious business, man. Yeah. Oh, I have a blast out there riding the woods. Loop. It's fun. I get anyway. from uh Hunter Hart. Yeah. That kid is he's coming. Yeah. He's quick. You know. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't have anywhere near the speed he does in the woods, but yeah. Yeah. He's fast. If anybody's going to be Walker this year, it's going to be him. You think? Yeah. Cause Walker, the, the guys, it, it kind of, it, it transitions like that in most series where you have a guy that just seems to be a notch above. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, the growth watching Hunter and I don't know him very well. I've talked to him. I've had him on the show and I send text messages back occasionally with him. But if you look at his growth, yeah. You know, he wins the last round last year and then he's on the podium. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. I think he's podium every race so far. Hasn't he this year? I think he got fourth. In the third round. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, I remember he won the pro-am championship in 2000, 2018 or 19. I think we were in pro-am like together, you know, I was in pro-am MX side. He was in pro-am GNCC side, but yeah, I think when he won that championship, I think that really kind of set him over the top and brought him to that next level with, you know, within his own confidence and things like that. Yeah. He's super confident kid. And he talks mm-hmm. fast as he rides. Yeah. <laughs> he's never shot. Dude, I don't think he has an off. Yeah. yeah. He's a really good talker as far as talking to, you know, sponsors and things like that. Like he is, you know, I try to take some notes when I was hanging out with him uh, last year a little bit. But yeah. He's a really good talker. Well, if you're going to be taking notes, you're going to be way behind. You just yeah. board and <laughs> go do something else and do the recording there. When he's yeah. done, you know, then you keep it because uh, when I was talking to him, he didn't he didn't miss a beat, and never stopped. Is yeah, the whole time I had to interrupt him to get a, a word in edge. <laughs> yeah, I I was tired. I was tired just listening to him, and I just <laughs> thought, wow, if this guy talks while he rides the other riders just might as well pull over and, and quit because it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, but you know, you have people like that fans like that. Yeah. I'm, you know, when I was a little kid and I had a pro rider come up and talk to me, if they remembered my name, 
that was like huge to me. So, you know, I try to do the same thing, you know, I try to remember everybody I meet and, you know, kind of have a little bit of a personal relationship with them. I can remember faces and I can remember machines and I just am horrible with names. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I am too. I remember their numbers. If they have, if they got like a Jersey on or something, I'll remember that number and that's stamped into my memory, but <laughs> names. Uh, yeah. I feel bad sometimes when I talk to people, I know them. I know uh, the scenario they're talking about everything. And I can't remember the first name and I'm just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you have a yeah and then you got to Then you got to ask them when you feel terrible <laughs> or somebody says hi to them. And then, then you remember it and you're like, Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sitting there uh, waiting for somebody to say, I hate admitting it, but it's true. I yeah. <laughs> look at their quad. And, yeah. I remember this and I remember that. And I remember you did this or, or we did this or we did that, you know, and then you can't remember their name and you just feel like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I feel you there. So we've talked a lot about industry. We've talked a lot about, about you and development and teaching. Um, we talked about where, where we thought that the industry was going to go. Um, I'm really looking forward to having you back and finding out how the year progressed for you with your sponsors and what 2022 looks for. It looks like for you um, because uh, you're confident. I think you have some, some good qualities and I hope that you can get the support that you desire or well, not that you desire that you need to get your program rolling. I really do. I want I want to see what you can do. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'll be, I'll be good for next year. You know, I've already got, uh, quite a few people reaching out, you know, for help and things like that. So I'm excited. You know, I think a break will be, will be good for me. And, and, uh, you know, I'm still involved. I'll still be around, you know, people won't forget about me and well, it'll all work out in the end. Well, just so that you know how I found you, was because other people mentioned your name. Really? And I had an idea that you weren't racing, but I wasn't positive because I didn't get the full rundown. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to, I spoke to somebody that brought you up a month or six weeks ago. Really? I tape way ahead of time. So when people hear this, they're going to be like, what? And and this we're, we're talking, it'll be go back when you air, when your episode airs, we'll be going back three months for three months ago when I heard this. So uh, another writer who respects you was, was telling me, Oh, you know, he's not going to race. I'm bummed, you know, because they look forward to the competition. Yeah. So, your peers already know who you are and already know your skill level. And I'm not telling you that to blow your head up or, or make you think that it's something you're not, but, but when you're good at what you do, people notice and people talk. Yeah. And it's what I'm finding out by talking to you younger guys is you're a tight knit group. Yeah. You spend time with each other, you ride with each other, you train and that's pretty awesome. And that's really rare. It, it, it's not rare in our industry, but it's rare that, that you guys are all so tight and that you look out for one another. Yeah. Yeah. So since you brought that, that up, um, 
So one of my goals for last year, I still got it written down on my board. It was, uh, it says be a better you than the day before. So in, in 2019, I was just, you know, having issues with my bike and, you know, having problems with, you know, my trainer and, you know, just a really miserable year. And I, I hated racing and I just wanted to give it up. And so, you know, I left the team and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it one more shot. And, you know, this very well might be my last year. So I'm just going to go out there, have fun and do what I love. And that's really what I did. And, uh, I kind of worked on myself a ton, you know, I worked on being a better friend, you know, being a better son, being a better rider. You know, I worked on literally everything working. I worked on talking to people and remembering people and, you know, just acknowledging, you know, everybody that I'm grateful for and things like that. And I think that really, um, I think a lot more people recognize that more than my riding, maybe not more than my riding, but you know, they recognized it quite a bit. And, you know, that's something that I'm really proud of that I, I accomplished last year. And that's something that I'm, you know, still working on to this day. Well, Alan, I'll tell you this from a man that, that has done, done hit himself in the head with his own hammer. Um, all you can do as a man is try to be a better man. And every day, everything you do in your life, you get up every day and try to be better. And there's days that you're going to be better. And there's days you're not going to be better, but those days that you're not better, if you realize it and, and do everything you can to overcome it and, and come back stronger. Um, that's all you can do as a human. We want to make a better world, right? You want a better world. You want a better world, the children that you don't have yet then be a better human, teach them humans when they, when they finally come. And I see good humans in the kids that I've talked to. And yes, I'm calling you a kid, even though you're a grown man. Um, I still see myself as a kid. So (laughs) okay, I'm I'm a 50 some year old adolescent. So (laughs) um, we want a better, we want a better world. And I think your group of, of young men are, are really good people. Uh, I've talked to the women's, uh, MX girls, uh, ladies, excuse me. And I really like them. They seem, uh, to be motivated and they're going to be motivated. And, and I think their class is going to grow. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of you guys on the East coast are doing a great job and you need to just, pat everybody on the back and because you you guys are all doing great and I am liking what I see. Um, I haven't talked to any of the sponsors, so I don't know any of that stuff. I've only spoken to you riders and, and that's all that counts. You're, you've made an impression on me and trust me, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of things and uh, you don't get to spend time with it, with quality humans. uh, And you guys wouldn't be friends if you weren't quality humans. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we got a really cool group, especially in the pro class. You know, we all, we all have this respect for each other and, you know, we all have the same goals and in a way we kind of push each other to reach those. But at the end of the day, you know, there only one guy can stand on the top of the podium and yeah, you know, we all train together. We all hang out when we're done riding, you know, it's a good atmosphere really you guys are racing for money. So when the green flag drops, yeah, I like you, but 
that's, that's, yeah. that's my gas money for the next race. You're in my spot. Yep. Yep. I need that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how it is. You know, I mean, we're all racing to win, but you know, I mean, we're buddies to a certain extent. We all have that respect for each other, but you know, I, I don't show up to lose. I show up to win. I train to win. You know, even if I, you know, even if I am not even close, I'm going to figure out what I can do to get close. And really at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Um, keep working on yourself as a human, you know, and, and, and lead by example. Really? And, yeah. That's another thing too. Um, I feel like the majority of the people in the pro class are really good role models for the up and coming kids too. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's something to be said for loyalty mm. and care for the people that you work for, because basically all your sponsors, all you do is work for them by promoting yeah. products and promoting them. Um, and, and all you can do is, is make sure that you're wearing their shirt with pride and helping the little old lady across the street, <laughs> you know, my favorite line to the young writers is he says, your parents have brought you here to further your racing career. And they're allowing us to be part of your life. Mm. Here's the thing. If you're not treating your parents good and you're not getting good grades, they're going to call me and I'm going yeah. to pull your sponsorship. Yeah. And their eyes get about the size of grapefruits. And you're like, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yes. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain, you're not going to have a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, it, yeah, I, I come, uh, I come from a old school Italian family. So, <laughs> you know, rule number one is never disrespect your mother. You know, she is, she's sitting at the top of the chair and you do what you have to do to make her happy. So as far uh, as, you know, respecting my parents and, things like that. I'm, you know, incredibly grateful for them and I respect them so much. And, you know, it, it actually really makes me angry when I hear, you know, kids like yell at their parents, especially their mom, you know, there's a few kids here that, you know, uh, some kids I was training with last year, I heard them yell at their mom and I go up and smack them in the back of the head. Like you don't talk to your mom like that. Yeah, not around <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I'm happy to hear you say that because there's not enough people that, um, you know, as a dad, I always could let the kids get away with so much. Mm. You know, they could talk back to me a little more than they could their mom. Yeah. But they, when, when they, when they said something to their, about to their mom, nope, not, not going to happen. Yeah. I was standing up already before they finished the <laughs> sentence and they knew That's it. you're done. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where mom doesn't have to do that with, with dad, you know, dad let, I let him go so far with me and, and they knew when they, when they get to the end of the rope, uh, Yeah, you're a good young man. And, and, uh, I sure hope that you reach out to your parents after we're done talking and, and tell <laughs> you and, and, um, I'll get you some information. I'm going to need some information from you right now. Tentatively, you're episode 75 and your um, June 18th is your, is your guesstimated uh, launch day. Sweet. I will, I will be reaching out to you for things that I need from you 
Um, you sent me your photos, which is great. Um, but I'll need some videos from you. And we're not supposed to talk about okay. the show, but I do anyways. <laughs> I got that some of it out, but it is what it yeah. is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, let me know. I will. I will. Um, thank you very much for spending time with ATV talk. It was my honor and my pleasure to, uh, to sit down with you. And if you have any news or if you need anything that I can help you with, please reach out to me. You have my contact information. I am a huge fan of ATV racing. I'm a huge fan of the ATV industry. I don't know if you could figure that out. Yeah. I love all you. I love all you guys. I love all forms of it. Um, and anybody that's listening to this, if you're a TT specialist, get in touch with me because those guys, I, I haven't been able to reach out to any of them. Um, it, it's not as publicized and there's not as many people, but that is a, a whole talent of itself that I want to talk about and, and get with those guys. Um, so if you know any of them, send them my way. Yeah. And um, Alan, you have a wonderful day and keep up the good work. I know you're doing a good job because I'm hearing it and I'm on the West coast. <laughs> well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for having me out. I had a great time talking to you. And, and I, I want to come out and see the Decker facility because, you know, I've probably talked to 20 different people that have had been there, trained there, did something there. So I want to come and check it out myself. Yeah. It's, it's really an amazing facility. And even, even before they got it, I always said that this is my favorite track out of, out of every track I've ever been to. This is my favorite. And, you know, they kind of took it and revamped it and made it into something, you know, amazing. Can they hold a race there? Um, they probably could, but I don't think they plan on it. Not anytime soon. Doing, doing I don't think what they're doing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, a lot to do with parking. They just don't have too many, you know, parking spots, stuff like that. I mean, on the weekends, there's on a busy weekend, it's hard to find somewhere just to park a pickup truck. So. Right. Yeah. I bet. I got to go to, uh, Daytona a few years back and we traveled to a facility and road and it was pretty awesome that it was insane motocross track. Uh, mm -hmm. I wish I knew what the name of it was so that I could remember it, but yeah, drive like 45 minutes from our hotel to, to the race to the facility. But it was, people were camping there. They were, everybody was riding there. 80% mm. of the people that we saw at the race were there, you know, really, because we got to spend a week before the race. Mm. That's highly unusual that I get to spend that much time doing anything. <laughs> But it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Young man, I'm going to let you go. I know that you probably have things that you need to take care of there. And, and my day still rolling here. Um, thanks again for coming on ATV talk. And like I said, if you need anything, reach out if you're heading to the West coast and, uh, and I can help you with something or connect you with somebody to get you riding. I'll be more than glad to do that. Awesome. I might have to take you up on that one day. Uh, Thank you for having me. Please do. You, you know, we're always, we're always wanting new talent to come out and race on the West coast. And, uh, I'm sure that you, you might put a hurting on the boys out here, but they'd like to have the competition. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might actually have to have to take you up on that here pretty soon. <laughs> you know, you're mobile, right? Yeah. There you go. Yep. You come on. <laughs> the only thing holding back is fear. Yeah. Well, maybe money. 
but you know, <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. All right, brother. You have a great night and, and thank you very much for stopping by ATV talk. Alrighty. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.